Welcome to the Single Father Podcast. I am your host, Kendall Doniker. This podcast is dedicated for anyone out there who's dealing with mental health and fatherhood. You'll hear about my struggles, my defeats, my victories, my highs, my lows, my triumphs, my tribulations, and everything in between. I like to call this a collection of journal entries into my struggle in adapting to single fatherhood. Without further ado, let's take a look inside my journal, The Single Father Podcast. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and otherwise, it is your host, Father Deasy, Kendall Doniker, giving you another episode of the Single Father Podcast. I wanted to pop up in here and give you guys a little insight to a really personal episode of mine. And of course, the Single Father Podcast is my online journal, so we do get a little personal here. But when it comes to mental health, relationships, co-parenting, and even parenting, today's topic is a little bit about them all. Today's episode is about co-parenting. To be honest, co-parenting, um, it's interesting because to like, it's a difficult subject for me to talk about. I get pushback when I talk about it, which is interesting again, because it's called the single father podcast. All right. So when I'm talking about my life and, you know, things that have to do with me and my specific mental health relationships and all of the above, co-parenting, unfortunately, is going to come up, guys. So, um, and I think a lot of the time people can get misconstrued or take things the wrong way of really what, what I'm saying. Uh, what I am saying specifically is co-parenting has its struggles. And coming from a single guy, you know, co-parenting can be a singular issue that I deal with on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis. So eventually I'm going to have to talk about it. The title of this episode is going to be called I failed at co-parenting. And what I really want to do is bring my voice to this kind of touchy and troublesome issue and talk about how I feel like I failed at co-parenting and how my expectations of what reality should be like kind of affected how I was able to move forward and not only because it's quite a big deal that I don't have it all figured out, but co-parenting, I think there's a lesson to be learned here, specifically to maybe other single fathers or parents or mothers out there who are experiencing a similar situation. I feel like, well, I feel like they really have it down when I'm looking at other people. You know what I mean? I look at other people and I'm like, you know what? You got it all together. And the fact that I don't is driving me nuts. You know what I mean? I like to make it a point to really open the door up to see a different perspective. Meaning you're not alone and going through some of these things that um probably trouble you a lot. It's normal. The thing with my situation is I've learned that when it comes to failing at co-parenting, sometimes taking an L, if you were, is a little bit of, well, sometimes I feel like it's better to accept than take a victory. You know what I mean? And I'll explain that further in just a little bit. I feel like I failed at co-parenting 
because it wasn't too long ago that I wrote an article about how I feel like I've got co-parenting down and together. I spoke about how I feel like, you know, it started off bad, but now it's good or it's where it needs to be. It's where I expected it to be. And I spoke about, you know, just advice to people who are struggling in co-parenting. I felt almost proud with that article, you know, because I felt like, wow, there are a lot of people struggling to be co-parents out there. But look at me. I feel like I have it all down and together. And now, about a year later, well, it's a completely 360 situation. It's not how I expected at all. I spoke about in my previous episodes about how expectations can really be disappointing when they lead you astray. Because sometimes our expectations and how things should be can really hold us back from moving forward into the future. I really did expect for it to be different four years in at this point. It's not just that, you know, it's hard for me to dance around certain subjects, but it's hard for me to talk about it while being completely honest and true to how I feel about certain situations. I want to be respectful of my daughter. I want to make sure that should she ever listen to this podcast, that she feels that I did justice to her by respecting certain boundaries and issues that may come up in my life and not bringing them to the whole world's attention. And of course, what I mean by that is respecting her mother. You know, within speaking about my situation and my experiences, it's been really hard. It really is a difficult subject to bring up. Within parenting, I feel like I've gotten myself into a lot of ideas and how I think this should go. And it really comes down to my ability not to lean on my parents for everything that I feel I needed as a man. To go in more specifics, I didn't get to ask my parents clarification or what it means to be a good parent or even what it means to be a good co-parent because my parents are divorced. And really, I didn't get to ask them what it means to be a man or what it means to be in love. I mean, to put things in perspective, everything that I've learned about relationships and the nature of what I've gone through all these years really comes from movies. I'm a very big movie guy. I watch movies all the time, and every time I watch them, I feel like I'm taking in another life or another world, but I feel like I was also taking in lessons on how to act or what to expect in certain situations out of life. The movies, well, they introduced a really glamorization of what true life can really teach you. Straight off the bat, you know, again, I I don't want to disrespect my parents, but they weren't really good examples on how to be Romeo and Juliet. 
my parents, they didn't really teach me a lot of things. They taught me how to be, you know, uh, I guess a little bit of creative. They taught me how to figure things out. But when it came to certain situations like love and relationships, again, I didn't, I didn't get that from them. What I did get and what I did learn was from the movies. For instance, I would watch 10 Things I Hate About You, a girly movie, I know, but, you know, I watched that movie and the romantic aspect of it all really just sang true to me. You know, me being born on Valentine's Day, I thought my purpose in life was to be romantic, to be this suave, you know, gentleman. You know, I, I felt like the key to winning a, a woman's heart was to sing a song in a stadium and just be romantic as possible. And I think that's kind of, when I was younger, what I really thought romance was. I would dive deep into these movies, you know, the chivalry of it all, being a gentleman. And throughout the early years of middle school, that's kind of really what I was about. Just being this chivalrous gentleman, this guy who came and and loved and wanted to love and wanted to be in love and wanted to give love. And that's exactly what I did. I thought I would win women over with these extravagant gifts. And my love language, of course, at the time was gift giving. I wanted to give gifts. These grand spectacles, these uh, extravagant gestures of my love. I would do that all the time. In fact, one time I actually did get in trouble in middle school. I wanted to give this woman a gift, but not just any gift. I wanted to give her something grand and meaningful. When I was a young boy, I knew that my mom had this necklace that she never wore. I believe she wore it on her wedding day. It was this pearl necklace that I thought was beautiful. I gave it to this girl and she loved it. And I felt like, wow, I did a great thing. This is exactly what I'm supposed to do. Ironically enough, because that's how women, I mean, that's how uh, the universe works, is my mom ended up asking me if she saw her pearl necklace. I was blown away because I knew that she never wore it, but I told her the truth and she was furious. And it kind of scarred me because of the fact of I, me having to go back and ask the woman if she can give it back and all this nonsense that I went through with my mom. And my mom, when I was younger, she she was a gangster. <laughs> she really let me have it and embarrassed me along the way. But perhaps I needed to feel like that. But once again, I counted on these movies to give me an idea of what love meant and what it meant to be this gentleman who was deserving of, you know, love and, and, and this magical life you saw in Disney movies. I watched a movie like Clueless. I know what you're thinking. You're judging me, right? But Clueless is a great movie. I don't care what you think. But when I got to high school... I thought that that was kind of how high school was and what I needed to be. So instead of being this suave, 
you know, gentleman persona. I wanted to be the funny guy. I wanted to be the popular person. I wanted to show everyone that Kendall was someone that you could build a crowd around. That when you're around me, you feel you know, laughter. You feel like you're in the presence of popularity, like you're in the presence of, you know, um, the typical meaningful high school person. And what blew me away is that that's not how high school really was. In fact, I actually had a hard time in high school. Not to, you know, throw shade at any culture, but I went to middle school in Nebraska. It was a very, um, should I say, proper um, way of speaking. And kind of what I mean by that is a little bit how I was raised. My dad was white. My siblings are mixed. I'm black and my mom's black. And we grew up in this really mainly white part of town that in hindsight was racist a little bit. It's funny. I was speaking with my dad about kind of the racism that we experienced there at the time, being that I didn't really see color as an issue. I I, I only thought people were being just genuinely rude to me. It wasn't until later in life that I was scarred enough to remember certain memories to understand that that was racism instead of just rudeness. In any case, the way I spoke was a little different coming from Nebraska to Las Vegas. I was super polite, respectful, and I tried to be funny and different, but that didn't really vibe with a lot of people. I got picked on in high school a lot, bullied and got into a lot of fights. And it changed me as a person. No longer could I be this chivalrous, suave, romantic guy. No, I needed to hone in more into what clueless was. I thought that's what my problem was. That I still had this middle school movie persona on me. And I said, you know what? It's time to grow up. So I kind of followed the crowd. Made myself into a different person. I transformed into what the culture was like in Las Vegas instead of leaning into what was really myself. And yeah, it got me further than being bullied, but it got me further from being my true self as well. When I got to college, it was a little bit of a different issue for me. It was different because during the time of me entering college, it was right around the time where my parents were got divorced. I just got out of foster care. And things weren't really going that well for me. Me and my girlfriend of four years just broke up. And I feel like I was more lost than ever. I had a lot of things going on. And I spoke about this at nauseum in previous episodes. During that time in college, I just didn't really care. To the core of why I do this podcast is really to change the way people perceive me because I felt like the way people perceived me during that time in college was not indicative of the man that I want to be or the man that I truly am. The older that I got and the more movies that I watched and the conformity of how I felt like I should be, I got further in way of further away of who my real self, my true self really was. On top of all of this trauma and pain that I was going through, 
I watched movies like Van Wilder and American Pie. I thought those comedy movies is really what college was about. Chasing women, getting drunk, frat parties, football, tailgating. I thought that was the college experience. And in some ways it is, but I was really missing the point of not only why I was there, but I let my expectations really run wild. I didn't really do well in school. I got decently good grades, but that really wasn't my focus. Watching these movies, I felt like, well, who cares about what class I'm going to? My real focus is doing the things that movies taught me college was about, you know? And further away, I got away from my chivalry and I became a jerk. You know, I felt like I was going through chapters in my life. One chapter in middle school was chivalry. The next was class clown. And the next was chasing women and being this jerkish college kid. I was changing personalities decade by decade, you know? And my reputation took a real hit because of it. Because I wasn't just doing what Van Wilder and American Pie taught me. I was going beyond that. I dove deep into many movies that I watched and just felt lost. I didn't really know who I was, so I expected movies to teach me about who I am. And everyone around me noticed that I changed into just this dick, an asshole, you know? I regret a lot of the things that happened during that time. It really was truthfully... It's why I do this podcast. To the people that I've hurt or betrayed... I know that some of those people have an opinion of me that is set in stone. And for others, all I can say is that there's more of me yet to see. I kind of wanted to do this podcast to show that there is a different side of me. Not another movie type of personality side, but the real side of me. The guy who just wanted to do the right thing. But got lost. Got lost in this um, glamorized, otherworldly movie expectation of what I thought life should be. But I was so lost in that that it was kind of hard for me to get back to myself because I really didn't know, well, who was Kendall Doniker. And as I grew... And my brain developed into a man. The young boy that I was really becomes less and less of what I even just remember as even a a hint of me, you know? To my core, I just get kind of disgusted about that boy, that young little boy who just... Failed. Failed at convincing everyone around him, including himself, that he was 
truly in control. Because I wasn't. I was lost, lost, lost. And I distanced myself from that boy as much as possible. Not just reputation-wise, but truthfully, just because I don't believe in that behavior anymore. That guy, you know, it's, it's not who I am. It's just not me. The older I got and the more mature I became, I realized that there's a lot to unpack about myself. A lot that I still don't know. And the things that I've gone through, the things that I've experienced in my life, it's hard for me to kind of portray an explanation of kind of how I felt during that time. The depression, the sadness of it all. I just felt lost during that time. Getting myself out of that feeling has become almost an everyday journey for me. I'm still on antidepressants and I still am affected by the decisions and the trauma that I've went through in, in my younger days. It's not easy to change people's opinions of you. But it's very, very hard to change the opinion that you have of yourself. During that time, though, I felt things were getting so bad for me. Reputation-wise and life-wise. That I felt like I needed to do something to really switch things up, to change, to do something that I wouldn't normally do. So... This girl came across me in my life, and she gave me a chance. She looked past all of the things that maybe she heard about me or um, the things that I've told her. And she understood how sad that I was. And my desperation to wanting to change into a man, to be... To find myself, you know? And I felt like this was my chance. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to be in a committed relationship. And I'm going to make this work. Unfortunately, me and that girl's relationship did not start or end the best. But halfway through that relationship, I felt like I had to do something. I felt like it was time for me to put my best foot forward and try to do something again that I wouldn't normally do. I didn't want to go back to feeling lost. I wanted company. I wanted a family. I wanted to not feel alone. So me and her got a crazy idea in our head that we should become parents. And to my surprise, it actually happened. She got pregnant. And everyone knows the difficulty of those nine months and how I felt about certain things. But I was so committed on at least trying to make it work. Because that's the expectation that I saw in movies. Forget the expectation that I saw with my parents. Fuck that. 
I wanted what I saw in the movies, this glamorized version of family. One that I saw was cheaper by the dozen. I love that movie so much because it just gave me a really fun idea of what parenting could be like in having kids. And to my surprise and my disappointment, again, it did not work out. And um, I, fall on, I fell into a pattern that my parents went through. I became a co-parent. And man, did it disappoint me. More than I could possibly even bear to explain. Well, I said, if I have to be a co-parent, then I'm going to look at the expectations of what that looks like. So I'd watch a lot of movies about co-parenting. One that I saw that broke my heart was Mrs. Doubtfire. Everyone knows Mrs. Doubtfire, probably because of the comedy aspect of it. But there's a real deep message in there, you know? I'll speak about that in a little bit. But I had different expectations of what it meant to be a co-parent. Expectations that I thought should happen and things that I thought would never happen. I still had reminiscences of that boy that I was, though. I wasn't fully at the maturity level that I am now. And I know that that affected my relationship with my daughter's mother. During the time of us being, the early stages of us being co-parents, I was really frustrated with the fact that we just can't get it together. You know, I'm good at being a dad now. In fact, I, I'm, I mean, I got this shit down, you know, I love being a girl dad. I love being a dad and I feel like I've got it. Like I've made it. At first I was nervous. Me doing it by my own, a single man, a single father, I, you know, I, I was nervous, but now four years in, I got it. One of the things that I've learned is that when you're going through the motions of going, being a co-parent, there are a million books out there and a million podcasts and things, including mine, that tell you exactly how you should be as a parent. But me, though, my philosophy is that you should read and take notes of all of those. But being a parent is just about figuring out on your own. There's no one thing that anyone can tell you that will make everything okay or turn everything magically easier. It's going to be a day-by-day process, figuring it out, seeing what works, seeing what's best for you and your kid, and figuring out on your own on what it means to be a parent. Some parents give spankings, some parents talk to their kids. Some parents say go to the corner, some parents say go in time out. Some parents are very close with their children and some parents only treat their kids as a, a, almost a business arrangement. You're the parent, I'm the kid, and that's it. You know, and um, there are different strokes for different folks. My parenting style, it's kind of hard to describe, but... What I can say is the bond that I have with my daughter, the simplicity of it all, 
It really is such a freeing feeling. My philosophy with co-parenting from day one has always been allow my daughter to grow up as normal as possible. And you know, I think throughout the pain that I had, I don't think I would be the father that I am today. Truthfully, I think if her mother and I were still together, I don't know that I would rise out of the ashes and be the father that I am today. I think throughout pain, you can open yourself up to becoming a better person, to becoming a new you. But I knew one thing is that I had to be a good parent. Obviously, I never wanted this from my daughter. I grew up with divorced parents and I know how troubling it can be. Everyone knows of those parents that make their kid uncomfortable about talking badly about their other part, about their other parent, you know? I've been there. I had an ex that I would go over her house and almost like clockwork, her mom would talk badly about her father. And they've been divorced for years. And I know that it made my ex feel uncomfortable. And it made me feel uncomfortable. And I know that's a feeling that I never, ever wanted my daughter to ever feel. I can't guarantee on what goes on outside of my home, but I can guarantee you on what transpires inside it. So the aspect of failing at co-parenting, I mean, it really never crossed my mind. I knew that I got to make it kind of like how Drake said, if I'm not dead, then I'm dedicated. I felt felt really, I felt like a failure. I did because I've tried everything I can do to make this co-parenting situation work. I've waved the white flag. I've extended my hand as far as it could go. I've done everything I can do to make this as, as efficient as possible. And still, it's not where I always wanted it to be. Now, I think the way our co-parenting situation is set up, I think our daughter is very much loved. She has so much love, so much dedication to her, and the desire for her to prosper is so intense that I can't imagine she'll ever grow up thinking she had a bad childhood. No way. But... Throughout that, I just want to make sure that she feels comfortable. When my parents were divorced, I know how uncomfortable it was for me to even bring up my other parents' name. You know, if I'm around my dad, I didn't want to talk about my mom. If I'm around my mom, I didn't want to talk about my dad. And I knew that they didn't like each other. And it did make me uncomfortable. Truthfully, it did. I worry about that sometimes. My daughter is four, so, you know, now in between then, I I understand there's a lot of time to go and anything could happen, but that is definitely a worry of mine. And something that I feel, again, I become a failure at. Because this co-parenting situation has gone so far in one direction, 
a direction that I never thought it could be, that I don't think it will ever get back into a position where I think it should be. I spoke about this in an episode or two before, but I remember speaking to my friend about my frustrations about not being able to get to know the, the person that's around my daughter with my child's mother having you know a partner in her life. I wanted to get to know that guy because once again, everything that I saw in movies is when the dad is experiencing a co-parenting situation. He runs a background check on the guy. He gets to know the person that's around his children. It's important to him. And I felt like, you know what? That has to be important to me too. It has to be. And the fact that it didn't end up like that, the fact that I didn't get to fulfill the expectation of what I saw in the movies, it really troubled me. That is until my friend said, well, what would it matter if you didn't like him? There's nothing that you could do about it. All that it would really tell you is confirm that you didn't like him. But more than that, there's nothing you can really do. So he told me to focus on the things that I can change and accept the things that I cannot. And that was really motivating for me. Because truth be told, I never really thought about that before. What would it really matter? Does that make sense? I think some situations are better off accepting the way things are instead of trying to change the way things could be. Sometimes, I think you can overcome certain situations by acceptance instead of victory. I always had this opinion about life through these movies that I watched, this unrealistic expectation about myself, about my future, about my life. And Instagram doesn't help because you get to experience a more amplified version of that, a fantasy version of everyone's lives that you wish you had. So when I realized that I wasn't doing well as a co-parent, I was disappointed. I would watch movies of people figuring it out. Parents that came back together and for the love of their kid. Or, I don't know, families that were together. I wanted that. I wanted that badly. But my disappointment on not being able to change something that I had no business even really trying to change, I should have just accepted the way things are. I want to accept the things that I cannot change. The things that can't be altered. The things that don't fit my view on the way things should be. I think my time is better spent on accepting than changing. And to be honest, I don't know. I felt like I feel like I had a very different expectation about my life and myself. I guess what I'm trying to say is, yeah, I, I, the way it stands right now, I failed at co-parenting. But that doesn't have to be the end-all be-all. 
there's more for me to do. There's more journey for me to take, you know? And if I'm a man, and if I'm the father that I know I am, I just have to deal with it and suck up the things that I don't like and focus on the situations that I can change for my daughter. This is going to take some navigating. It's going to take some inner reflections. It's going to take some biting my tongue. It's going to take some holding my breath. But I know I can do it. I will do it because it's my duty to do it. I have a responsibility to my daughter to be the man that she should expect from other people when she's older. And I know, speaking with you today, I've been kind of vague. And it's on purpose. It's hard for me to speak directly on certain topics. But I just wanted to say that not everything has to fit what you see on the movies and Instagram. Relationships. I think the reason I'm not in one right now is because I was comparing it to these unrealistic views on how I imagine life should be for me right now. And I'm glad that I got to talk about this with you guys. I wasn't even expecting to do an episode today, but I had to just get this off my chest and reflect on the situation around me. I know there are a lot of you out there who are thinking that this situation that I'm going through, it's not fitting my expectations. My challenge to you is, so what? Stop trying to make everything just fit but accept the way things are. I, I don't want to spend my life playing a game of Tetris. I want to live the rest of my life in peace, letting the universe take the wheel and lead me to where I need to be. Not where I think I should be, but where I'm meant to be. Expectations really hurt the way I viewed life. It hurt me. And it's prevented me from moving forward. So that's why we really have to focus not on these unrealistic expectations on life, but focus on what we have. Focus on the beauty, the mystery of what's next. Focus on what's around us. Focus on what makes us happy. You know? It's a challenge. I get it. But we can really set ourselves from disappointment if we're always living life of these grand expectations on what our next step should be. We can strive for greatness, but we can also accept the way things are 
accept the way things that the universe has set up for us, you know? It's taken a long time for me to say that I'm happy with myself. I'm starting to get more and more happy every day. It's easy. You know, it's easy to, to say I'm okay, but I'll admit to you guys. Sometimes it's a hit and miss. I'd say I'm like 50% happy with myself. And make no mistake, that's, that's a big number for me. Ask me a year ago or a year or two ago, I, I don't know, maybe that number was 30. There's more to go. There's more effort to be put in and there's more work that I have to do on myself, but I'm getting happier every day. And I think it just comes from growth. I'm willing to look at life for what it is, not what I think it should be. What the universe has brought me. And every day I'm just, you know, moving forward, finding my purpose and feeling grateful for what I have. And look, even though I feel as of right now, I may have failed at co-parenting per se, Maybe in a year I'll release an episode saying how I succeeded at co-parenting. I don't know. Every day is another opportunity to view the world in a different light. So I encourage all of you, my pack, to stand together and to support each other. But not only that, to support yourselves. To be there for yourselves. When I was watching Mrs. Doubtfire, I think for a long time as a kid, I always thought that movie was just about a, um, <laughs> a, a guy dressing up as a girl and causing havoc. But at the end of the episode, the message was clear. You have a father who would do anything for the love of his children. Even accepting that maybe life isn't living up to his expectations, but he can move forward understanding and accepting that things are the way they are supposed to be. That everything happens for a reason. Accepting the way things are. And he's able to do that. Because he loves his kids. And at the end of the episode, that heartfelt message. About how sometimes. Mom and dads. You know, sometimes. Sometimes they're not together. I remember he said, sometimes, some parents, when they're angry, they get along better 
when they don't live together. They don't fight all the time. And they become better people. And much better mommies and daddies for you. And sometimes they get back together. And sometimes they don't. And if they don't, don't blame yourself. Just because they don't love each other anymore doesn't mean that they don't love you. There are all sorts of families. Some families have one mommy. Some families have one daddy. Or two families. Some families live with their aunt and uncle. And some live with their grandparents. And some children live with foster parents. And some live in separate homes, in separate neighborhoods, in different areas of the country. And they may not see each other for days, weeks, months, or even years at a time. But if there's love, those are the ties that bond us. And you'll have a family in your heart forever. I remember hearing that for the first time. And not hearing it, you know, because when you watch that movie for the first time, you just laugh, right? I don't think I really heard it when I first watched it, but I watched this movie a couple months ago and I really heard it. I heard it for the first time. And it just, it broke me down in tears. It made me feel good. And I was able to really just accept the way things are. So, I failed at co-parenting. But you know what? I have not failed at being a father. So, to everyone out there, um, please join my Facebook group. It's called The Single Father Group on Facebook. It's a group where I have every single father just engage with each other, venting to our pack, our community. And um, it's a place where we can just, you know, uh, have a group where we can discuss all types of topics and be there for each other and support each other. So, I encourage everyone to follow my Facebook group and, um, you know, be able to support each other further. I think it's important um, that you guys uh, join the group and just create topics and help each other. I mean, it's just to get things off your chest. I think that would really benefit all of us if we could just have someone, just have someone there, you know? All right. Well, I'm going to introduce uh, a new segment in uh, my podcast here. It's called Mailbag, by the way. Just a reminder, if you want me to read a question on the show, Send the question to me at hello at ventpack.org and in the subject line type ventpack. And if you have a question for me or if you have a comment and if you want me to read it, if it's appropriate, I will read it on the show. So without further ado, let's go into mailbag. This question comes from Anonymous. What do you think the chances are that you will speak to your mother again? Um, 
you know, that's a good question. I don't know. That's one of the other things that um, kind of goes on topic is just accepting the way things are. I don't have a really good relationship with my mother and I'm accepting of that because as the way things stand, it's how things are supposed to be. So I can't tell you what the future holds, but um, I know that I'm pretty content with the family and the life that I have right now. Um, next question comes from anonymous. Do you ever speak to your biological father? Um, no, um, actually I don't. Um, you know, the la the only, the one and only time that I've met him was at my high school graduation. He uh, came out to my high school graduation and, um, it really just wasn't a really good experience. I had a lot of things going on during that time. Not only obviously was it graduating, but I had, I had like three different families kind of show up that wanted my attention. I had my Nana with my uncle and his wife and my cousins there. And then I had my mom show up and my dad show up separately because they were divorced. And then I had my biological dad who uh, came. And after my graduation, I was de desperately trying to appease everyone. And um, it just, it, it was really complicated my Nana was searching for me, but at the time, um, I, a after I walked out of the graduation, it was my one and only time to get a picture with my mom and my dad where they were at least cordial enough. I mean, they hated each other point blank and simple, but it, it, they were at least willing to take a picture. I, I just wanted one picture and I still have it with my mom and my dad, because I felt like that was the last picture I would ever get with them together. Um, and I got the picture and my, my Nana was calling me nonstop upset that she couldn't find me. And my biological father was looking for me. And, um, and throughout just a really stressful time, it, like a couple of minutes, everyone was trying to lead me in different directions. And I, I got, I got offers to go here, this and that place. And I ended up going with my dad. Um, I, I don't remember why, but I ended up leaving with him. And I get this email, this really long, long email later that night from my biological father and saying how disappointed he was in me and how he came out there for me and blah, 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 blah. And, um, and, how, and I, I, it kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, I was just like, dude, I don't even know you. And you're emailing me that you're disappointed in me. Who, you know, who are you? So, um, yeah, I, you know, ever since then, um, I'll tell you what, though, more than that, when I had my daughter. I realized that I, when you have a kid and the love that you feel for your kid, you, you, you start to question the love that your parents had for you. You really do. Cause you're like, if I was, if I may, if I'm willing and able to do this for my daughter, you didn't do this for me. You, you know what I mean? You kind of just question things, but none more. So did I question my biological father's love for me? Um, I spoke about this in detail on my previous podcast. So I'm not really going to go in every single detail, but long story short, my mom kept me from my biological father, but he knew where I was. And, um, you know, that's kind of the short end of the story. And the way I felt about that is I would move mountains. I would, I would go to the ends of the earth. I would go to hell and back to make sure that I find my daughter and that I'm always around her. And he didn't do that for me. 
just something that, uh, you know, I, I can't let go. Yeah. You know, and he says he has his reasons and blah, blah, blah. And I, I've heard them. It's just, it's just truth be told, it's just not good enough for me because I know what I would do as a father and he didn't. And, um, look that, that will, that's that for me, you know? So, um, yeah. Um, next question is from anonymous. Let's see where it is. Who is your biggest inspiration? Um, I'd say it's my Nana. You know, when I was in foster care, when I was a young kid, she, uh, the foster care system basically was like, Hey, your siblings are definitely going to uh, a foster care home, but you, you're 17. Your Nana wants to adopt you. You can go. You're almost 18. So she adopted me and kind of got my life straight. And at that time, you know, I was this angry, angry kid. Parents got divorced and just got out of foster care. A whole bunch of bullshit's going on in my life. I was just an angry kid living with this old lady. I, you know, I was pissed. Um, but, um, you know, things ended up going really well for me. And I gave that woman hell and I always regret it. Because she's just been, the, I mean, my earliest memories of just her being there for me and loving me and just being really my mother. And I've always appreciated that. And I appreciate it more now as uh, an older an older uh, gentleman, um, more than I did when I was a kid, which, of course, is kind of every kid with their parents. But um, I really appreciate everything she's done for me and her life. I mean, she really is my biggest inspiration. Um, yeah, I, I, I love her to death. Um, so, uh, again, I'm, I'm running, uh, kind of late on time here, so I'm going to wrap this up guys. Thank you, um, for joining me on another episode here. This has been amazing. And, um, you know, look, this is my only form of therapy. So the fact that I get to come on here and just vent with you guys is, it means the world to me. It really does. Um, I've been kind of stressed a, a little bit here and there, and, um, it's nice to, uh, Look, it's nice to just um, have you guys. It really is. So if you guys support me, if you guys like what, I, what you're hearing, if you guys want to hear more uh, topics and details and hear more content, please uh, like, subscribe, share, leave a review, send this to some people you like. Please, please, please. It really helps the podcast and uh, will help me grow and allow me to do bigger and better things for you. Um, if you want to vent with me on the podcast, if you have a topic that you just want to get off your chest and you want to have a little venting session with me, Guess what? You can email me at hello at ventpack.org and in the subject line type venting and, um, you know, I'll listen to, you know, uh, the topic and we can kind of figure it out. And if it's appropriate, I'll have you on the podcast and we can have a little venting session together. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I, email me. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, guys, let me know what you th thought of the episode. Um, just me kind of just pouring my heart out to you guys, to be honest. Uh, I didn't, like I said, I didn't expect to do a podcast today, but, um, you know, I had some extra time and I thought I'd get some things off my chest. So, um, go ahead and like our socials and Facebook and Instagram, the single father podcast. We have an online store. It's shop.vempack.org, or you can view them on Instagram and uh, Facebook, I have a lot of cool goodies on there, some merch for the podcast that I think is really cool and interesting. I'm working and thinking about putting some more on there, but um, I think we have some good stuff. So go check it out. Um, for show notes, visit um, ventpack.org. 
um thank you guys so much for being able to support me and um and uh yeah thank you really it means a lot so um until next time let's vent together again bye bye